0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McComb's all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner. Right on the price.
1: This is Rebecca Turner and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But
1: I'm going to be- Mississippi here I
0: come. You're listening to good things with Rebecca Turner well, I'm Mississippi. Mississippi here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places and things to do. Now, now. Here's Rebecca.
1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're going to hear about a way you and your family can celebrate the new year a few days early, or maybe a day early. And that is with the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Joining us is our favorite, Ms. Nicole Smith. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Rebecca. How's it going? It's going good. How are you feeling, friend? Uh, I am
2: alive and well after a very vigorous root canal this morning, so that my lips are working and I'm actually speaking words you can understand. Uh, this is pretty awesome.
1: I appreciate it. This this counts, Nicole, as my first guest to have an interview less than 24 hours after a root canal. So we're going to give you another gold check on things that only Nicole Smith does here on Good Things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to ring in the New Year, though? Because this is something you guys have done, I think, a few years in a row now, and people look forward to it.
2: Yeah, we love our New Year event. Like, it is it is a weird and wonderful uh, way of doing a New Year celebration family style. So we, uh, it's called the Almost New Year's event. And so it's actually going to be on the 30th. It's Saturday instead of actual New Year's Eve, which is on the 31st. And it's in the early evening from like 6 to 8 p.m. So, you know, really easy for families, lots of fun stuff to do. And, of course, the thing that draws a lot of people is the balloon drop. We drop two nets filled with a thousand balloons and there are all sorts of little prizes in those balloons everything from you know stuff that kids love like you know candy or glow-in-the-dark tattoos you know to a uh, one-year full family membership uh, which is kind of a great gift so yeah, we we kind of nerd out a little bit and have a lot of fun stuffing those balloons. And them
1: ready. <laughs> How many balloons do you get? Do you and your team have to stuff Nicole? A thousand. Oh. Yeah. It's when do y'all get thousand. started so with each that?
2: Net, each net gets about five hundred uh, balloons.
1: When do y'all get started blowing those up? Uh, so we actually started today,
2: so uh, we do it in, in tiers. We have shifts of people that uh, do the inflation. It takes it takes some time and organization, but it goes really nicely. And then of course we've got the games too, because we do a lot of glow-in-the-dark games for this. So it's some of the classic games that you you like, like tic-tac-toe, but we also have built our own small glow-in-the-dark bowling set and a dinosaur a toss beanbag game, and just, I mean, lots. it's just so many little things. It's, it's a lot of fun. We have, I think it's something like 12 different games, even an enormous oversized glow-in-the-dark twister game. Um, we even have a build-it glow-in-the-dark fort, and, and an experiment station this year, too, where since balloons are kind of the focus of... New Year we do a, a thing with different experiments with balloons that are part of the demonstration of the
1: night. If you've never tried to teach your kids just how to simply blow up a balloon, that's a lot of fun. Obviously they need to be the right age because you know like loose balloons can be a little dangerous, but if they are and they can just to try to get them to blow one up to there's always like a lot of fun Nicole like just because it takes you know it's not like you can just grab it and do it. I mean you can as an adult, but for kids they have to think about it and so it's mind-boggling when they can't seem to actually get the balloon to engage and get bigger and when they do they're like "Yay, look at me science right well balloons are exciting they're
2: fun yeah and we try to only do balloons when we do them indoors because balloons are not an environmentally responsible thing typically and uh so when we do use them in any way they're inside and they're with an experiment or they're you know part of this fun little thing and then we make sure they're like But, you know, the detritus from the balloon is properly disposed of afterward, trying to be a little responsible with things.
1: Of course y'all are. And have a little fun along the way. So if this is one of those things, well, if it's all glow-in-the-dark, do you encourage folks to wear their neon and be as bright as possible?
2: Oh, I hope so. Man, like we had this one lady last year. It was so cool. She had shoes that totally – she was an adult wearing those kind of awesome, like, glow-in-the-dark shoes that little kids wear. (laughs) 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 And it was so great, Liz one lady showed up in a neon yellow lime green kind of dress. Um, it's so fun to see what the kids show up in. And of course, and we try to put black lights all down the aquarium hall. So everything is like really responsive on that side. And we'll have some walking nocturnal animal encounters too. So a couple of our uh, educators on staff will be walking around so that you can meet some nocturnal animals. So that's kind of cool.
1: Those that get up and, and move around and play while we're all asleep um, at night, I think, is the ones you hear when you go outside to let your dogs out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they they got the Wiggles out. They're still uh, on that holiday high from all the delicious Christmas candies and sugars. And, you know, you might as well get the Wiggles out and come out and play and have a good night. Um, this uh, thing to note though is we are not doing at door sales. This is an advanced ticket sales only.
1: So you need to get on it because you have till noon on Friday, correct?
2: That is, r- that is right. Or until supplies run out because we have an attendance cap on this. We don't let more than 500 people come in. In a very big building, 500 is comfortable. Um, but we we because we order, you know, like cookies and lemonade, we have a few refreshments, you know, available so we want to make sure we have enough stuff for people to enjoy. And and so that's why it's an outdoor no outdoor there is no outdoor sales. That's why it's an advanced ticket online only sales.
1: Do you guys sell out every year? Every year. We've uh we have yet to you know,
2: have to need to have uh, an outdoor cell for it. And that's great because it really helps us prepare, you know, to make this as meaningful experience and as playful an experience as possible. Or even because the weather's going to be good, we're setting up the Dinosaur Trail right behind the museum, and we're starting to light that up with some beautiful uh, lighting. It's kind of a glow trail for the night, and that's going to be pretty charming.
1: So what can a family expect uh, in terms of tickets? Is it? I'm sure it's reasonable.
2: Oh, yeah. No. Uh, so if you're a member, if there's a discount with it and it's $10 a person, oh, yeah. basically, you know, ages three and up. If you're under that age, you're, you know, basically free. And if you're a non-member, it's $12 a person.
1: Yeah, that's not bad at all, especially that's to give reasonable. your kids the opportunity. I think this is great. If you are planning something a little more grown up for the actual, you know, New Year's Eve, this gives you an opportunity to have that family time. That maybe, you know, you wouldn't get if if you were just to focus on what you and your friends want to do. So, Or you could do it both. I mean, either way. But I think it's cool. Yeah, I that, appreciate that earlier I like time. It too. <laughs> you,
2: you want to get your little ones, you know, in, engaged and fun and maybe into bed at a reasonable hour. And then you can stay up and celebrate the new year. Uh, I know we don't have Dick. Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve anymore, but whatever fun way that you celebrate the New Year, my husband and I always, uh, you know, we have a glass of wine, and we pull out our happiness jar. And the the happiness jar is this big, beautiful piece of pottery, and in the year, whenever we're especially grateful for something, we write it on a Post-it note, and we put it in the jar. And so at the end of the year, we're counting our blessings and celebrating that.
1: I adore that, Nicole. That's something (laughs) great for folks. If you love that, then you can go ahead and find a jar to start next year, and you can start with starting the jar there on, you know, um, the January 1st, and then on New Year's Day, and then sort of keeping up with that. I love doing that, too, as a a family. I may steal that from you this year, Nicole. I I think think that's great. I
2: stole it from Pinterest, or someone very smart who put something (laughs) on Pinterest, and I thought what a beautiful thing to, you know, have a little gratitude and, uh, Look back
1: know. and be reminded of all the good things. Yeah. You, know, you can name I it your good things jar if you want to. You know,
2: a negative reel about, you know, we kind of focus on bad stuff. And what's the point in that? You know, so, you know, feed your you are what you eat. So feed yourself the good things in life. You know, be celebrate that good stuff.
1: I couldn't agree with that more. And one of that would be going out with a bang this year, but early enough on Saturday to get in bed a decent hour. But that's with the uh, almost Christmas, or almost, new, it's not Christmas, almost Christmas. Oh, my God. It's almost, it'll be back here before we know it, but it's almost new. New Year's Eve, and they have to go online to get tickets, uh, Nicole. So where do they do that?
2: So if you, um, you know, our our web address is kind of alphabet soup. <laughs> it's uh, mdwfp dot com, which is you know, Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. But honestly, just Google Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. You can't miss it. It's right on our website there, and uh, and it gives you the link to buying the tickets. Uh, it's, it's really a lot of fun. We've been, we have just built an enormous obstacle course that we're calling the Almost Nature Obstacle Course, which just got installed in the theater a minute ago. So if you need to get the wiggles out with your kids, that's going to be a good way to be part of that night. (laughs)
1: Well, I think it sounds like a a great fun, especially with uh, families of children at staggered ages. I think there'll be something for everybody to do and sort of enjoy. We're also going to post um, the link to the tickets in the Good Things Facebook group there, Nicole, so people can easily find it. And you're a trooper. You didn't. I don't think you bit your tongue once, did you? Not once. I did forget to mention one important thing, though. This this event happens around what's most people's dinner time, so uh,
2: be comforted in the fact that we will have some refreshments for you, but on top of that, Dad's dogs will be here selling hot dogs, and there's a really nice um, new coffee shop in town called the Coffee Pop-Up, and they have incredible coffee, so parents, if you need to, like, stay awake, those nice people will take your money and, like, get you coffee.
1: (laughs) I love that, Nicole. Well, Happy New Year to you. I look forward to seeing what you guys are doing in 2024. All right. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all take care. Y'all stick with this. More good up next.
0: Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can find us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV, and if you're over at Supertalk.fm, you can stream us live there. And of course, you can always find Good Things, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. But if you've listened long enough, you know that the Good Things Facebook group is also a great place to connect with us. Each day, we try to post the best headlines that we can find or start fun conversations. You'll also find the link to the tickets to the almost New Year's Eve party there at the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. If If you are looking for those just posted it, but yesterday I asked for your favorite random fun facts. I think these are fun. These are those tidbits of information that, for some reason, you got stuck in your head or learned, and you thought, "Wow, that's cool," and you just love throwing it out whenever you get the opportunity, and/or maybe you just know something more about something than others do, and you feel like people should. Uh, I put that in there. I guess repertoire of fun things that they know. I think fun facts are fun to talk about because usually they leave you going, really? I didn't know that. That's the point in it. And it's usually something positive and cool. Ken kicked us off with letting us know that Mississippi has more deer than people. I don't know. And again, we have not, um, I guess,
0: uh, fact-checked.
1: fact-checked every single thing. Random fact that you guys have shared, so yeah, let's just take it with a grain of salt, all right? So, but, hey, I guess it's possible, right, The Mississippi may have more deer than people. It feels that way if you're driving down a lone country road around this time of year, early morning or at dusk. There's one of you in the car, and there's 15 of them suckers in a field across the street from you. In, you just pray that they stay there and not cross in front of you and that way so you can see where that may or not, may not be true. Tony shares one that I didn't I don't think I knew. I feel like there's a part of me that should have known this being a dietitian, but I don't. And maybe Rhino you you would know better than this. But but bananas are actually berries. I do know that some of your favorite nuts are actually seeds or considered legumes. But we consider them nuts. Like a peanut, I think a peanut is actually a legume, but we call it a peanut, right? In um, that way,
3: like, I honestly don't remember what the definition of a berry is, but I could see it happening.
1: Well, I mean, we're not going to throw Miss Tony under the bus. I assuming mean, she, I mean, she's just didn't pull that out of nowhere. But it's not something that you necessarily think about of bananas being berries. But there you go. Nikki shares her random fact that bees relieve themselves outside of their hive in order to keep it clean. I like a bee more know where you don't poop where you eat you need to keep it on the outside that would be really gross though if they you know it's something again i never knew i needed to know but now i am relieved pun intended that bees relieve themselves outside of their hive i wonder if any of them hold it in the middle of the night like we do when you wake up and you're like I gotta go I don't want to get out of bed. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wrestle with the fact that I have to go and lose sleep. Is it
3: bad enough to where I can go back? I can't go back to sleep <laughs> or can I just nod back off and deal with this in an hour or two?
1: What is, what is the chances, stati- statistically speaking, because you know them sp- spot on, do you end up just getting up anyway and then relieving yourself and going back to bed? Or how many times do you actually get to like, roll over and go back to sleep and then I don't know
3: that there's been any statistical analysis on that. that.
1: (laughs) I'm very aware. But
3: usually I'd go ahead and get up.
1: Right. I mean, it's one it's at some point you reach an age or if you're with child, one of the two, because if you're with child and you get to a point in your pregnancy, you might as well just not chance it. You're getting up, like just go get it done and come back to bed. But it takes a couple of times so if you just now we've lost twice as much sleep as we would have if we would have just acknowledged, OK, I'm awake. I got to go. Let me just get it over with and come back. Then sitting there just getting angrier and angrier because you can't get back comfortable because you need to go take care of something before before you get it back.
3: It usually has to be a pretty strong urge to wake me up. If I'm waking up in the middle of the night, nine times out of ten, it's going to be porch cat's fault. And then it's just you're awake and the urge hits you. It's not that the urge woke you up.
1: That is very true. That is uh, that is true. Because that
3: does tend to be something that needs to be taken care of relatively soon after you wake up.
1: I do not know enough to really like speak on it, but you've got certain hormones that actually suppress your, desi- your um, signals for all of that when you go to sleep. Oh, yeah. So you can sleep. And so, and your bladder's like, all the, all the process is slow. So you're making less of what what it is that you need to relieve while you're sleeping. So oftentimes you are correct. You get woken up and then the body kind of like shifts out of like that, that sleep days mode. And then it's like, oh, well, there you, well, I'm at it. Let me just go on and tack this on to my to-do list before I nestle back in bed. Uh, someone mentioned Houston, Mississippi was founded before Houston, Texas. That's kinda cool. It is named after Sam Houston by his best friend Joel Pinson, who founded Houston, Mississippi. That's kinda cool. I love it. it be good
3: friends to name a whole town after someone.
1: I know. I mean and maybe you know, you wonder what the whole story was there. Like what is it like, dude, I am so sorry, but I will name this town I found. After you, (laughs) maybe he saved his life or something else. Maybe it doesn't have to be like he stole his wife or something like that. Andy and Jackson said, "Cold trip to the bee house, (laughs) the bee out house." (laughs) You see them all swarming at one time. Maybe that's what they're, what they're doing now. I have so many images in my head I didn't know I needed or ever would about about bees. In 2021, Mississippi's population was. 2.95 million. The deer population was 1.75 million, someone said. Okay, so fact averted, reverted, evicted, I don't know. Squashed. Checked. Checked. Eh, There you go. Found wanting. Found wanting. Maybe at some point, I'm sure back in 1872, there were more deer than people in Mississippi. I don't know.
3: That is probably a fact that has become false over time because I could totally see that being true just a generation or two ago.
1: Right. But still, it's a lot of deer. Oh yeah, and um, and a lot of pe- people. Derek and Greenwood. Conversation went to the toilet quick. Well, you know, if you do that quickly, then you can get back to sleep. That's all I got to say uh, to say about that. Jeff Tubbs reminds us that or tells us crows are among the most intelligent animals on earth. It is on par with chimpanzees. I've heard that before. That they
3: understand water displacement, which is something you learn as a as a human. In what? fifth sixth grade you start understanding that where if you put something in water the water level increases because Uh, you've increased the volume by adding to it
1: so how would they why would that knowledge be beneficial to a crow
3: uh if you have say a treat that they want floating in a bottle but the bottle's not full they will go over and pick up rocks and add it to the bottle to raise the water level in the bottle until they can get their beak in there and get the treat out
1: so, who made them scary? Alfred Hitchcock? Is that Chris? Yeah,
3: the birds. But Although those were mostly seagulls, weren't they?
1: Mm. I Aren't think. they black? Or was it just black and white movie?
3: <laughs> no, that was in color. Or is it because they, they look like little brothers of the raven and Edgar Allan Poe had the raven? Maybe that was And it. he's known for kind of having creepier short stories and. Poetry,
1: but I feel like the crow has a bad PR team. I don't know why. But don't they? Don't they have like a bat? They're not. Not. <laughs>
3: they can be very noisy. Yes.
1: <laughs> don't they come in big like flocks, or they do they all come together, or are they kind of loners?
3: I honestly don't know about crows. As far as loners or we big flocks. let
1: Nicole go too soon. We will have to get a bird nerd back here on good things. Um, and ask her. I did
3: know that Jimmy Firmini and a, a group of crows are called a murder.
1: What? So maybe maybe that's, that's where the scary, scary part comes out. in. Maybe so. I need to know. Like, oh, I feel like we need to learn. We need a crow expert. If you are a crow expert, then Jeff and Pontiac said crows do use tools. Jeff, where did your affection for crows come from?
3: Crows are quite social.
1: What? I've never had one come hang with me. <laughs> Do I not American
3: live? crows, apparently there's a difference, spend most of their time, most of the year, living in pairs, and they usually mate for life.
1: Aww, they're but they loyal. will
3: maintain small family groups.
1: Patrick in Lewisville says the ravens are the scary ones.
3: Yeah, because they're bigger and louder.
1: So they're bigger and louder, so the crows are smaller. Okay. We're having our bird, bird lesson around here. Wilson from Greenwood says passenger planes flew at Around 600 miles per hour. Fly. Passenger planes fly. (laughs) Not flew. I guess if one landed, it flew. (laughs) Bird lesson, grammar lesson, all the things at the same time. That's really fast. They'd have to go fast, though, to... Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, they. from what I understand, any plane that's not designed for supersonic speed, which is all passenger planes now, that the Concorde's been out of commission for, for decades now, or is it really decades? Concorde hadn't been flown in a while. And that was the only supersonic passenger plane. The, the speed of sound is 760-something, close to 800 miles per hour. So you can't get above that or you're going to have a sonic boom.
1: Could so you imagine if everything boomed every time? Like every plane, every flight that was up there, that would be...
3: That's why they don't have the Concorde anymore. It was You couldn't fly at certain places. You could only go across the ocean.
1: Be obnoxious obnoxious all right stick with us though we're not obnoxious we got more good things for you coming up next
0: there for me too. podcasts eat positive and stories that make you smile this is good things with rebecca turner on super talk mississippi the super talk app and at supertalk.fm i got a rice cooking in the microwave
3: got a three-day beard i don't plan to shave and it's a Goofy thing, but I just gotta say Hey, I'm a doing
1: alright Yeah, I think I'm about to some Good Things. Homemade. Don't forget we are streaming live over at Supertalk.fm We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app We hope you know you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, too, our Supertalk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So stay up to date and sign up for our free weekly newsletter at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. And who knew we would be talking about crows today? But that's the Fun, a fun random facts. You learn things, and then it spikes your interest to keep learning a little bit more. If you're just tuning in over on the Good Things Facebook group, we got started uh, yesterday actually with a little fun of sharing our favorite just random fun fact. And you know, we're not fact checking all of it. So if you hear something that doesn't sound right, you do it. You let us know. We will correct it on air. But no harm has been done uh, thus far. But our longtime listener and friend Jeff Tubbs has a affection for crows. I feel like, or at least appreciates them for their creativity and their wits about them. And I'm starting to think like, wow, why don't I have a friend that's a crow? Like, I mean, if they're that social and like to come around, but Keith and Meridian not as big a fan of his crows crows won't let him plant his gardens they know exactly where the seeds are so if you are you just have to
3: befriend the crow you
1: just have to befriend the you have to
3: give them little treats and then they'll understand yes supposedly
1: so crows are almost always in a flock however one at this person's place is always alone but seems to be happy here you know There's a loner in every crowd, and we should just allow them to be who they want to be. Jeff says he had a lot of crows at his house in Oxford. It was fascinating just to watch them. Birds are fascinating little creatures, all of them. I think they're smarter than we – most of them are smarter than we give them credit for. I'm trying to remember
3: if it's – is it crows that can remember faces?
1: Well, now we're getting into creepy.
3: Well, I think they've actually done experiments with that where they had researchers go out and – give treats to crows, and then other researchers went out and harassed the crows, like tried to get them off the branch or get them to fly away, and they found that the crows reacted differently to the different researchers, and even the researchers that were nice to them when they wore a mask, they didn't recognize them, so they obviously were recognizing the person's face.
1: Well, hot dog, who knew? So now, if you go outside, what do so. So I'm new to crows. I'm not new. I know what one is. Actually, I would say I don't know. It'd be toss up. I probably would get a raven and a crow mixed together. But it feels like their PR team is lacking. Maybe it's just because they're mysteriously looking birds, and they put them, you know, so like in a movie when you have like, you know, a, a scene that feels a little dreary, and. Scary or mysterious, and then say like, "There's a church, and at the top of the church bell, there's going to be like a black bird, and it's going to let out that horrible, and then you just know like danger's coming, or it's just I don't know. Is that a raven or is that a crow?
3: Uh, in a movie, usually that's going to be a raven. Okay. Sometimes so. a crow, but what? More... Because ravens are bigger and louder, so they would be better for the screen.
1: Got it. So maybe they're just guilty by
3: association.
1: Association,
3: (laughs) Well, I was just looking it up, and I'm, I'm trying to find why they may have the bad rap they have. And from what I can tell, according to the Google box, it really comes back down to their darker coloration, which has traditionally been associated with darkness, death, and evil in many cultures. They also are noisy, and they... Tend to be predatory to smaller birds, which
1: well, that's not yeah. nice.
3: So just, that's that's a couple reasons why they have a bad reputation.
1: Jeff said they would mock sounds and that they would meow and bark, and they could recognize him. Now I get why. You know what? Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> a crow may be a good friend. I don't know if I need a murder of crows knowing all of my business, it's starting to kind of starting to kind unless of unless they're all
3: your friends.
1: Unless are so yeah, you just gotta and
3: you just have a little crow army.
1: You just have a little crow army. Well, moving on from crows, Harry tells us, going back to bananas, I don't know if they are a berry, but Harry shares that the number one selling at item in all Walmarts is bananas. I could see that. They're one of the most inexpensive produce that you can buy by pound for sure. feels like 99.9% of folks buy at least a few every time you go in. It just, I mean, may not everybody, but it feels like something most folks have in their home. Either you buy too many of them. Or Somebody's
3: buying them because I have a hard time finding them when I want them in the right shade.
1: Well, what's your preferred banana shade?
3: I like it to be darker yellow with some brown spots already.
1: So, why don't do you not buy it? So, do you buy? Apparently, them?
3: people like them like that, so those are usually gone.
1: No, my weirdo husband likes some green.
3: Yeah, I'm not about the green ones.
1: No, but if you buy them greener than you want them, they will turn perfect at some point.
3: Yeah, but then you got to <laughs> wait on them. By like that time, i have already dang, bought more bananas.
1: Where where are you putting your bananas? Where do you say when you get your bananas home? Where are we putting our bananas, Rhino? usually them
3: just sitting on the counter.
1: On the counter. Do you allow any kind of light to get to them other than the ceiling I mean, light?
3: The, the ceiling lights, yeah, but. The, Kitchen has a wall between the window and yeah.
1: The window to the wall. Sorry. <laughs> you need they need if they would get a little more natural light, they would turn for you a little bit quicker. Ah. Uh-huh. But um, or ripen. I guess is a better way of saying that. Yes. I can see that. Now, I steer away. If I start to see brown spots, I'm like, "Eh, you are going to be mush before we can ever get to get to all of you." But I have to buy like a. I'm a double banana. Bunch buyer set.
3: Do you buy two bunches?
1: (laughs) Yes, and they don't always fit in the bag because, um, you know, small kids, they get on kicks. And so they'll either eat them all within 72 hours. And then you don't have enough or you'll buy the two bunches and then you'll have two bunches left over at the end of the week. There's you you simply cannot buy the right number of bananas. It's impossible. So I don't know if that's true or not, but I could see where the fact would be. The fun random fact would be that the number one selling item in all Walmarts is bananas. Now you have to remember that some things may be may sell better than other in other Walmarts. But it does feel like banana is a universal thing on a grocery on a grocery list Well, in
3: that same vein of bananas and walmart a fun fact that you might not know apples at the grocery store
0: mm-hmm.
3: are usually six months to a year old really very rarely will you have sweet. fresh apples same at a grocery store
1: that is true with sweet potatoes they will because they last so long oh yeah they'll they're what they get what they're harvesting this year is not what you're getting in the in the grocery store. Um said so you can speed the process with bananas by keeping them in a brown paper bag. I did know that, but they will ripen quick like in a hurry. So you just gotta oh, yeah. make sure that you that you will want them when you want them.
3: And we do have a fact check, the bananas are botanically berries.
1: Huh. Who knew? Now I need to see Well that's like
3: they're a fleshy fruit produced from a single ovary and can, they contain seeds in their natural form. They've been cultivated and cloned to not have seeds. But
1: if I bit into a banana with seeds in it, I would have one of those out of body WTF moments. I mean I appreciate that's the way they were created, but we've just gotten so used to what we're used to. So if you just got a wild banana and bit into it and it had like seeds like a watermelon. I just can't. I, I can't describe to you. Like I think the 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 mere panic attack that I might would have. I'm just. Who am I? Where am I at? What is going on here?
3: There's something in my nanner. <laughs> There's
1: something in my in my banana. Imagine banana puddings if they had seeds in them. That would just not be. It just. That would be a weird experience. It would be a very weird, a very weird experience um, for sure. Well, that's like coffee. Basically, is a is a fruit like the. Um, the bean it's a bean so i mean it's i mean it's roasted and you get the juice out of it you're not really eating that so you're like it's bean juice
3: but it's really only called a bean because it looks like a bean
1: true but it's still plant i think it's from yes like it still comes from um a plant ken says wombats poop in cube shaped yes they do I love all you outdoorsy people who walk through your backyard and find poop and know exactly what it is, due to the shape, size, and consistency of it. That's not like your dog or your feral children, but it's like, oh, a rabbit was here, or oh, a possum was here, or oh, a wombat was here. How do you know? I don't think we have
3: any wombats in Mississippi.
1: What does wombat look like?
3: Looks like a cross between a teddy bear and a mouse.
1: Again, I better eat seeded bananas. (laughs) Okay, but still, if a wombat was coming through your backyard, you would know it because they would leave a little trail for you to define. To be technical,
3: a wombat is a short-legged, muscular, quadrupedal marsupial of the family vombetidae, native to Australia. But yeah, it looks like a fluffy mouse mixed with a teddy bear.
1: That first part sounds like a Tinder profile. Say it again.
3: <laughs> Short-legged, muscular quadrupedal marsupial.
1: <laughs> Who likes to play outdoors poop and poop in cubes? Long walks on the beach. Long walks on the beach. Stick with us; we get more for you up next.
0: Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Top, Mississippi.
1: Back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV and, 2 don't forget we're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're having a lot of fun with the conversation that got started over on the Good Things Facebook group. Just asking you your most favorite, most favorite, there's some good English, most favorite fun random fact. I think we all are full. Many of much th- most. Many much most fun facts that you have. We've learned a ton today about crows and bananas more than we probably ever knew that we needed or should. Um, and, yeah, these are just these. These are conversation starters you'll take from what you hear today and you'll be around the dinner table this afternoon and go, did you know? And yeah, it beats talking about whatever else is happening in the world. Let's be honest. Here's another one when it comes to animals that I think is cool. Giraffes are 30 times more likely to get hit by lightning than people. Makes sense. They're closer to the sky, but sucks to be. A giraffe.
3: A walking lightning rod.
1: That is a terrible thing to say. (laughs) Oh no! But it's kind of the truth. It is, but you didn't have to put it like that. (laughs) Identical twins don't have the same fingerprints. Correct. If you have, if you are identical twins, um, if you are a set, then you guys—you can't blame murder or crime on. Your sister or your brother, because that will know which one of you did it. Earth's rotation is changing speed. On average, the length of a day increases by 1.8 seconds per century. So six million years ago, a day lasted just 21 hours. Hmm. I don't know how they know that, but there you go.
3: A whole lot of extrapolation and math.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's something I think we all knew. Animals can experience time differently from humans. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. To smaller animals, so they say, the world around them moves more slowly compared to humans. Salamanders and lizards, for example, experience time more slowly than cats and dogs. I didn't need science to tell me that.
3: <laughs> for some reason, that reminded me of the, I forget his name. I could look it up, but I won't. It, it's the, he's known as the last Soviet citizen. Because he was in space Mm -hmm. on the Soviet Mir space station when the Soviet Union dissolved down on Earth. And he got stuck up there for two times longer than he was supposed to be there. But eventually, they got all their ducks in a row, and he got to come back down. But because he spent so much time in space, everybody that was born on Earth on the same day as him... He's something like .02 seconds younger because of time dilation, and he was moving so quickly. Because the closer you get to moving at the speed of light, the slower time travels for you.
1: Strain. Another reason why I don't need to go into space, I can just appreciate it from the comfort of on the ground. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg, speaking of space, said the town of Gainesville, Mississippi, was once once had the largest lumber company in the south and unfortunately it's now the ghost town on the property of Sinus uh, space center so yeah there was a lot of towns that were probably bustling around mississippi at one point in time but now are moved on or transitioned into something a little bit a little bit differently in that way a chicken once lived for 18 months without a head in case you didn't know that it was recorded back in the 1940s is this true oh yeah I mean, there's me pictures this,
3: of then, it, yeah. How? The chicken's just sitting there and its head's sitting next to it.
1: What? In the majority of cases, a headless chicken dies in a matter of, mo- of minutes. This Correct. would be the same day that I, I ate a seeded banana, with me. Like this. Imagine.
3: But that comes from a time where you had a lot more people in the population that were raising chickens for their own consumption rather than going to the store to buy chickens.
1: If you are trying to get out of wearing a tie to work next week, because I don't know what day it is this week. If you really want to get out of tie wearing a tie today or tomorrow, apparently wearing a tie can reduce blood flow to the brain by 7.5%. So, if you feel dizzy, nauseous, or have headaches, loosen her up just a little bit.
3: If you feel dizzy wearing a tie, yeah, loosen your tie, man. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it's... That should be a given. (laughs) It's... I mean, I couldn't... I don't even like turtlenecks. I don't see how y'all do it. It would feel like you were being strangled just for the sake of what? Who came up with a tie? It feels like torture. It's like the pantyhose for men. It has to be.
3: I used to know this. Because it it was some goofy fashion statement. It started with the cravat, I want to... Because you... It's all about... Accessories, and you had the Victorian frilly collar, and then that transformed into the cravat, and then the cravat turned into ties, and yeah.
1: Pantyhose for men. Not saying you should have pantyhose for men, saying a tie. If you're just tuning in. You know what? If you're just tuning in... You just wonder about that. You just let your mind wander. All right, the conversation never ends over on the Good Things Facebook group. you got more coming up next with the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Thanks for you.